Welcome, friends, to another episode of Care Package to Japan, where we showcase God's love for Japan through people. I am your host, Evangeline. In this episode, I am here with my very good friend, Hannah. Hannah is from Texas and followed God's calling amidst the pandemic to move to Japan. She's very bold. And she's currently an English teacher in the region, in the city of Kanazawa in Japan. And Hannah has a huge heart for equipping families with autistic children on how to navigate the complexities of daily life while caring for a child with unique needs. So let's get started for today's episode. Our guest today is Hannah, and me and Hannah actually have not met in person yet, but I feel like I've known you, Hannah, for a really long time. So, me and Hannah, we met online through a prayer group on Facebook Messenger, and it's called Pray for Japan. And this is a prayer chat group that Hannah started, and that's how we initially got connected. So, Hannah, thank you so much for joining me on my podcast today. And I'm so glad I remembered to press record this time around. <laughs> yeah. No worries. Yeah. Do you mind telling the audience a little bit about who you are? Yeah, absolutely.、Um, so, my name is Hannah. I am currently living and working in Japan,、uh, but I'm originally from the US. My mom、um, is from Kanazawa, Japan, so I am half Japanese.、Um, and I grew up kind of visiting Japan during the summers.、Um, Spending time with my grandparents and kind of traveling sometimes too.、Um, and yeah, for a number of reasons, after college, I decided to come back. So I'm just spending a couple years here.、Um, and then following that, I plan to go back to the US for graduate school. And yeah, after that is kind of in God's hands. I'm not sure yet. <laughs> yeah, can you talk about、um, the. Period of your life when you were traveling back and forth between, or not traveling back and forth, but when you would visit Japan、um, during the summer or during, during school break. What were some memories that came to mind when you, when you were young and when, when you think of Japan during, during that season of your life? Yeah, so I actually living in the US, I moved around a lot. I moved around 10 times. So we were always going from house to house.、Um, and I would say the most familiar house in my life is my grandparents' house in Japan, because、uh, they've been living in the same house for maybe,、um, gosh, as old as my mom is, so 60 years, <laughs> which is crazy. Oh, wow.、Um, yeah. yeah. We, so I have a lot of memories of that house.、Um, Just playing with my brother. And、um, yeah, there's, <laughs> I have memories of like poking holes in the rice paper doors, which drove my grandma crazy.、Um, and I have memories of like eating meals with my grandparents and、um, doing fireworks outside.、Um, yeah, fireworks. I have a lot of memories of fireworks.、Um, In the US, we only really do fireworks on like New Year's and Fourth of July, but in Japan, it's just kind of part of summer. So、um, I would say those are some really fun memories I have. Yeah. That's so fun. And I don't think I've had this discussion with you yet. I know you're half Japanese. Do you identify、mm-hmm. more with 
being Japanese for being Caucasian? Oh, that's such an interesting question. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny. I I would say primarily I identify as biracial because、um, I mm. really feel like both parts inform my identity.、Yeah. Um, but whenever I'm in Japan, I will say I feel very American. And whenever I'm in America, I feel very Japanese. So I think、um, just the kind of out, I don't know if outsider is the right word, but、um, just kind of being different.、Um, Is something I've always sensed,、um, no matter where I am. Yeah, thanks for sharing that.、Um, yeah, it's always so interesting asking my friends who are biracial、um, what they identify with more.、Um, it's、yeah. just funny because some of my friends、um, they say that food definitely Japanese. <laughs> They're like,、yes. yeah, I definitely like Japanese food more, which is which is fun.、Um, yes, what's、Japanese、what's your favorite food, Japanese Japanese food that Go to the Japanese food that that you I don't know that you can easily find. Oh gosh, I really love Japanese food. <laughs> Do you mean、um, food that I can easily find in the U.S. or no food that you can easily get in Japan? Okay, so I would say two things. I love oden, which is kind of like. Um, a winter dish. It's like a hot pot has some like daikon, which is like a kind of Japanese radish, and、um, sometimes like sato imo, which is like a type of potato, and and lots of like fish cakes and things like that.、Um, in kind of a like fish-based broth, it's really delicious.、Um, and I also just love like. The side dishes in Japan with vegetables that I can't really find in the U.S.、Um, like,、um, I love like, gobo, which is burdock root,、um, and I love rengong, which is lotus root.、Um, yeah, I think I really just enjoy the things I can't really easily in the U.S.、Um, and that really reminds me of just like my grandma's home cooking. Oh, that's so special! Yeah, yeah. Can you tell me a little more about? So I remember we were having a conversation a while back、um, that during your senior year, you really felt like God was prompting you to move to Japan after gradu- graduating college.、Um, I love to just hear a little more about. How that prompted first started that 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 desire to go to Japan.、Um, it's been kind of a long journey, and there's been、um, I feel like God's I guess used a lot of people and a lot of things, and also spoken like directly sometimes on the topic. But I would say it started、um, when I was. Working in San Antonio,、um, the summer of my freshman year, I was doing something called a urban plunge with InterVarsity, so kind of a six-week、um, immersion program, working with families and kids on Westside San Antonio,、um, and just doing some kind of simulations and activities and、um, understanding poverty and justice and understanding God's heart for both of those. Uh, for these like populations of people、um, and how deeply he cares about justice, so when I was there,、um, it was a very impactful program, and a lot of it was spent kind of talking about like how do we take these things that we're learning、um, and experiencing and translate them、um, to our futures, whether that be like 
um, volunteering when you're working at a normal job or maybe choosing your career, um, to, like orienting your career towards serving these populations. Um, and I was always praying a lot about that. Um, and I had at, at that time, I really wanted to work um, with low income families, specifically um, families uh, with children um, on the autism spectrum, um, which is, yeah, that's a whole nother story that um, as to like why I got interested in that. But while I was praying for those things, um, I was really surprised that God kept like bringing my heart back to Japan. Um, and at that point, I think I was kind of ignorant um, in my understanding of Japan because I was like, um, there's not really like people, like marginalized people in Japan. I was kind of, like, Japan is like super well off. Um, like they don't have like the sort of social infrastructure problems that we have in the US. And yeah, but I did feel that God um, was like pushing me towards a career um, using what I had learned in San Antonio, but also was pushing me towards Japan, which was kind of confusing. But um, yeah, I figured it out. Um, well, I'm still figuring it out, but I started to figure it out a little bit um, later in college. Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk a little more about um, just your passion for? working with families that have either a family <laughs> member or or children on the autistic spectrum like I love to hear a little more about mm, how that passion came about too and and then we'll talk more about just your dream of it intersecting with with like how that plays out in Japan or, or if it does um yeah yeah, so my older brother is on the autism spectrum. Um, so, and my mom, um, after my brother was diagnosed, uh, this it was around five. He was nonverbal, um, and yeah, they were just. It was just challenging, um, and my mom, who was getting her PhD at that time, decided to kind of orient her research towards autism. So I grew up around that. Um, and it's always something I've been interested in and exposed to, but I was kind of resistant um, to choosing that as a like career or something I wanted to study just because I didn't want to like copy my mom basically, or just um, I, I wanted to like branch out and figure out my own thing. But um, yeah, I guess when I was a high school student, I worked with so I babysat for a few mothers uh, of children with autism and they were just such sweet, incredible, devoted mothers. I was just really impressed by them. But um, I was also, um, yeah, I just got to hear their stories and hear like how much they struggled to find a babysitter and um, how much they struggled to find help, help for their kids. Um, they were both single mothers and, like, working and um, just juggling so much. And, yeah, I just realized there's a lot of need uh, for like supporting families, uh, not just getting treatments for the kids, but also helping like the parents be a part of that process. Um, kind of, I guess, increasing their like self-efficacy and their um, knowledge of autism. Cause I think there's a lot of, um, yeah, I mean like 
most people don't know a lot about the disorder. But when you are able to learn about what treatments are available, like what you can be doing at home with your child, I think that can be really empowering. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about how I got interested. Yeah, and from your from your time of either visiting Japan or through just your mom's research or actually seeing or knowing um, some single families in Japan, what's been um, do you do you feel like one do you think this problem persists in Japan and two do you feel like people in these type of situations in Japan know to get help and have adequate resources available to them? Does that question make sense? Yeah. I think it does. Um, And it's, let's see. So right now, um, I'm doing a research study with my mother um, and a couple researchers at UT Health Science Center and also um, Kobe University in Japan. Um, And so what the research study was originally um, was interviewing mothers in the US and Japan on like parenting um, and stress um, specifically related to raising a child with autism. And I would say that, like, in terms of, like, diagnosis, like, Japan um, is definitely, like, ahead of some countries. Like, I think their kids do tend to get, like, diagnosed and, like, like the parents are often aware of their child's situation. I'm sorry, I think I'm kind of losing track of your question as I'm talking about this, but... No um, worries. I think I'm trying <laughs> to ask, like, one, um, do you feel like... Do you feel like um, most families in Japan with this type of situation know to get help? Or is it kind of like, mm-hmm. oh, like, this is just life, I just gotta live with it? Um, That's one part of my question. And second part of my question is, do you feel like there's enough adequate resources in Japan in terms of uh, both for physical and emotional to help equip equip these families to um, better navigate um, their life circumstances, given that they have a family member with with um, an autistic spectrum? Okay. Yeah, I would say that in terms of like intervention for the child, um, I think there are options in Japan um, for kids to get involved um, in therapy. I would say if there's something lacking, it would be um, kind of support for the parents um, as they're dealing with this. I think what we found um, in our research study was that Um, Parents of children with autism um, often face a lot of stigma and they also have like pretty low self-efficacy. So they don't really see themselves um, as doing much for their child. Um, And yeah, there's just like a 
pretty low self-confidence. I would also say um, in terms of like support, you said like, do you think there's adequate um, resources? I think in terms of like social support, it's really lacking. Um, and I think there can be a lot of stigma um, related to autism um, that makes some families like very closed off. Um, I have heard like from certain families that they, they don't want to go to the grocery store because um, like if their kid is like screaming or just like not able to control themselves, um, like there's just a lot of judgment um, passed on to the parent. I would say that's also definitely the case in the US, but um, I would say the stigma um, there's a lot of, there's activism for autism here too, but there's been a lot in the U.S. and I think that's kind of lowered some of the stigma, um, but it's still pretty strong in the U.S. or in Japan. So I think there's um, a little bit of isolation uh, for these families. Um, and I think another part of our study has been related to coping um, and Japanese mothers um, are less likely to kind of rely on systems of support, um, social support, um, be involved in support groups and things like that um, compared to parents in the U.S. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I honestly feel like we can like record probably like five episodes just around the topic that you just brought up. It's, oh, it's so, for sure. yeah, it's so sure. interesting and so important to highlight. Um, can you talk a little bit more around, like, culturally, um, why do you think there is that piece of not wanting to go to a social support or, or that tendency to want to isolate? Um, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a complicated question um, and something I think a lot of people are asking, but I would say that like part of it is related to um, just like the feeling of burden, not really wanting to burden other people with your problems and kind of, I think you mentioned something a little bit earlier, like, I just have to deal with this. Like, I think that can be kind, kind of play into it too. Like, this is my problem to bear. Um, yeah, but it's, it's a really good question. Um, and yeah, it's just I so think, interesting. Yeah, it's like, yeah. I, I think I have from. so much to learn about that too. Um, yeah, there's <laughs> there's the thing about these topics is like uh, the more you look into it, the more questions you ask, the more you realize like that you don't know, and um, the more like deep into the problem you get, I guess. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why? Why? Where do you think the idea of not wanting to burden another person comes from? I think that's just like something that I've been thinking for for myself. And I I definitely see that alert a little more in Japan. I wouldn't say it doesn't exist in the US, but I would say it's Mm -hmm. a little bit more. Like people are definitely go out of their way to make sure that they are polite and like mm-hmm. don't add to someone else's burden don't try to like get out of the way if if they're lining up for or like if 
like for example in the subway they'll make sure that things are orderly so that they don't physically get in someone else's way um yeah that 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 concept is just very interesting to me um just wanted to hear your thoughts on it yeah yeah um once again this <laughs> i think this is a question <laughs> that could be a five-hour discussion but yeah. um Japan is a very like collectivistic culture and I think there's just like each action that you make um, there's a lot of pressure to like think about how it's affecting others and um, which I think can be a really beautiful and great thing sometimes um, because there is definitely a danger um, in not thinking about how your actions affect others I... but um, I think it's kind of sad when I see like family members and friends who are like so um, concerned about that they some of their actions are kind of like self-destructive to themselves and then I guess to relate that to like not wanting help <sighs> mm. Japan also definitely has like, why? <laughs> oh, I need to think about this one. Question. Mm. Yeah, it's. I think. I think it just ties back to not wanting to burden another person, right? Because I think. Yeah. I think help is associated with like, I need something from you, or like, I need. I am needy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, and this actually kind of relates to, I think, part of why some people are really resistant to Christianity in Japan. Um, one common, yeah, one common trend I've found with my friends and family, and um, when we talk openly about faith um, and why they choose um, not, or why they don't like agree with Christianity or why, they choose not to like have religious affiliation. I think for a lot of people, um, they say that like, maybe not this harshly, but like religion is kind of for the weak. Like if you're not, people who are not able to like be independent and like deal with their, carry their burdens on their own, um, go to like god um and, and i'm like yes <laughs> i do go to god because i can't carry my burdens on my own um but for some people mm -hmm. that's just like not something uh, for me that's like wow that's great that i don't have to deal with my burdens on my own but i think it's like a hard um concept for some people to accept my grandma is very much like that um she does not want to accept help from others and um help from god and yeah yeah <laughs> yeah so in terms of christianity in japan like what are some things that do attract people to church or to jesus mm. in japan because I, I think what you touched on earlier was very interesting about how people are turned off by religion because it it may it may it it might make them seem weak but for me I'm like yes Jesus I am so weak I need you I'm so weak <laughs> yeah no, um, but, but in terms of like the people that you do see that 
are attracted to church or do go to church, what are some things that are kind of like drawing them there? Yeah. I think there's a couple different things, but two that I'd like to focus on. Um, one is I think like a lot of Japanese people like have questions about like life and death and um, like the meat purpose and um yeah, they have those questions,、uh, but I have heard from many friends,、um, and I've kind of found in my experience when I like have these conversations, like when you ask these questions, people are kind of like, just don't think about that. Like, like it's not really necessary、mm. to think about that. Like, especially when you're a kid, like if you ask those questions to your parents, they're like, they kind of shake you off.、Um, so, yeah, actually, almost every single、um, Japanese Christian friend I have. Um, including my mom,、um, have shared that like, they found、um, they could safely talk about those questions that they had always kind of pondered、um, in the church.、Um, and I think Christianity, very like, God is very like, direct in answering those questions.、Um, and yeah, another factor I would say. Um, I've, and this is again kind of based on like testimonies of friends.、Um, sometimes, like hitting a low、um, in life, I think makes people more willing to accept help because I think a lot of people like they resist and they resist、um, and they try to do things on their own. But in a lot of our lives,、um, there comes a certain point where we just we really can't do it alone. We need. Um, support from community, or we need、um, we need to like have、um, a relationship where we can rely on someone else because、um, it just it's too much to bear alone.、Um, and yeah, I've had a lot of friends who they just had like a really low point in their life、um, and they weren't sure where to go from there.、Um, and that's kind of where they met. God,、um, because He's willing to meet us in those spaces.、Um, yeah, I think those are kind of two different things I've heard、um, and seen in my experience. Yeah, thanks so much for sharing that. I definitely do feel like God is so strategic when He. Created us,、um, especially the body of Christ, that we really do need, well, first of all, like God,、um, but we also am a part of this giant body of Christ, and that we are each given different talents, different gifts, different,、yeah. like our differences, that we doesn't make us like better or, or like worse. I just feel like we really need to like complement one another and be there for one another. So I really. I like that you、um, mentioned that. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'm.、Mm, we definitely need each other. I've learned a lot about that. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of your experience with、um, just being in Japan and going to church in Japan,、um, What are some things that God kind of highlighted in your heart during this past season about 
him and his church and specifically in relation to the body of Christ um, in Japan? Mm, what a good question. Um, I So I'm actually kind of involved in two communities. Um, so one of them, I go to a Japanese church um, and I also attend an international Bible study. Um, so both have been uh, real blessings to me. Um, and I guess in terms of what I've learned, do you mean like something specific to Japan or just kind of what I've learned about community in general through being? Either one. <laughs> okay. Because you're in Japan, but also God <laughs> speaks to you individually. So either one is fun. Yeah. Um, oh, gosh. Oh, man. I've just been really blessed by um, community here. So it's hard to know where to start. But well, why don't we start with yeah. the why don't we start with a journey of well, thank you for highlighting previously how important it is to be in community and not be in isolation because we know that like isolation is how the enemy gets us and <laughs> it really can lead to like depression and negative spiral and just not good places we do not want to go there um yeah, yeah. can you talk a little bit about your journey of finding community because i know um mm. when you initially when you initially arrive in japan like it wasn't always easy um to yeah. to get plugged in i love for you to just like talk about that journey of you know because essentially you immigrated to well like you know moved to japan away from your close-knit community um in texas and you really had to you know find your crew find your find your community in japan um yeah yeah i you know it's i had such an amazing community in college um yeah shout out to asian american university at texas a&m um yeah, I really was blessed by community. Um, so when I left that um, and came to Japan, um, I think I kind of had to like adjust to um, what a new community looked like. I was really blessed. Um, also through the prayer chat that Evangeline and I met in, I met one of my best friends, Mai, um, who was living in Kanazawa. Um, and she brought me to her church. Um, the week I came to Kanazawa, um, and I've been going to that church ever since. Um, so that's been um, really great. But um, just in the middle of, with all the things going on with Corona, um, I think there was still some feelings of isolation. Um, and my three like closest so I got close to around three people in the Senenkai, which is like the youth association for the church. Um, and they actually all moved. <laughs> so um, I did feel like um, pretty isolated, even being in, communi in community, um, just because I was still like adjusting um, to a new culture and I was working on a job that wasn't like the best um so yeah I was it was a little I did have that community but it was still a little bit um 
challenging just because I didn't like even I had a community but like I didn't have people in that community that I could like deeply and uh, honestly share my problems with um, or I didn't feel like that at that point um, but I think eventually um, when I was able to open up more uh, to people there um, it just took time but I was able um, to create friendships where we could have those conversations um, and yeah that was like a huge help to me and I think God also blessed me with the international small group because um, my my church the Japanese church everyone is um, we like communicate in Japanese and I would say like 95% of the church is Japanese um, so like there was just some issues that I could like couldn't necessarily relate to easily and there's some things going on in my life that they couldn't necessarily relate to so I think finding the international small group was also like a really um great blessing but um yeah even though it's been kind of like a complicated journey especially in the middle of corona and um, like I would say I'm, I don't know I just feel really thankful for the people in both um groups and what I've been able to learn from them and um, like there's been so much value um, learning from like kind of multi-generational um, like families and learning from like families and adults at my uh, main church and then and also people like Japanese Christians who have like a different story and um, different life experiences than me and also learning from uh, my international small group and just being able to uh, really bond and connect with people in that about some more relatable things about um, living abroad um, and kind of like the spiritual challenges in Japan that I think all of us face because um, yeah it's less than one percent Christian um, at both of my workplaces like none of my co-workers have been Christian and um, like people just it's just very different than the U.S. and so yeah I don't know if that answers your question um, it does it does <laughs> and yeah it, there's so many directions I can go with this conversation yeah um I just it's so it's so interesting like I, I, when you, when you mentioned community, I, I was just really reminded that God created us to be like deeply known and deeply loved and deeply seen, um, mm -hmm. especially by him. And that's why community is so important because it's not just about like physically surrounding ourselves with people. Cause in Japan, I think it's easy to be physically surrounded by or at least in, in big cities like Tokyo, it's easy to be in a crowd of people. Um, but there's something about like human to human connection where, you know, both parties feel seen, heard and valued. where that's, that's so, I don't know, like there's something about that that's like so deeply life-giving. Um, mm -hmm. So I'm glad that God is like, doing more and more of that with you and with the church yeah. in Japan that's so beautiful to hear about yeah it's been like the greatest gift I don't know mm. there's just 
really nothing compares to community, I think. Um, yeah, like, wow. <laughs> I could go on for days, but yeah, it's been, it took a while. Um, and I think also, you know, part of it's just like the logistics of like adjusting to a new city and also Corona. But um, yeah, it took a while, but I'm so, so blessed with where I am right now in terms of the people that I get to um, hang out with every week and just do life with. That's awesome. Yeah, before we end the episode, Hannah, do you mind um, saying a prayer to one praise jesus for what he's done um through you and in your life in this season of japan just like surrounding you with beautiful community and also prayer for your community as well as specifically the people who um the families with like any marginalized family um who feel like they need to isolate but they really don't um because that's a lie like they don't need to isolate so i i love for mm. you to just lift up prayer for that okay yeah absolutely um yeah god thank you so much <laughs> for this time to um chat with evangeline um yeah and just reflect on this past year and even years before and um, what you've been doing and what you've been teaching um yeah god i just want to thank you for japan um <laughs> thank you for the way you created this country and its people um thank you for the gift of just like beautiful nature um, wherever you go um, and also just for um, the character of people here i'm um, just so dedicated to each other um, and gosh there's just so many kind-hearted people here lord and yeah i just thank you um that there's so many people here who just reflect um your image and in really beautiful ways um, I thank you for, yeah, specifically for community um, in Japan. Um, I thank you for the community I've been able to get involved in um, at Kanazawa Chuokyokai and Hope House um, in Kanazawa, Japan. Um, I thank you for community in other cities that I know as like blessing people like Mustard Seed in Tokyo, where one of my best friend go friends goes or um, Jay Lodge, is a ministry in Kanagawa. I thank you so much, um, just for so many, just for uniting um, your people across Japan and just giving us each other um, as gifts and reminders of who you are. Um, I just pray that you would continue to strengthen the church in Japan, um, continue to break down some walls, um, like within and between communities and just yeah continue to bless us through this idea of community which you've given us as a gift and i pray for unity um among japanese christians and yeah you've just pressed uh, on us this idea that when like when people see us unified they see you um, and i just pray that that would be a reality in japan that's played out um, and that 
that people would be drawn to you and um, by just like the warmth that's found in communities. I pray, Lord, for uh, families and individuals that are isolated and um, resistant to community, resistant to getting help from others. Uh, I pray that they would find um, warm places like these where they um, can talk about their problems and um, sometimes just enjoy like fun activities and kind of forget their problems for a moment um, and just enjoy uh, learning about you and how much you care for them um, them and their family. Um, I pray that there would be more uh, initiative in the church in Japan um, to take role um, take a role take a position in like social welfare in Japan Lord uh, we see in history um, and we see in the life of Jesus like the call um, the church has to like be a be su- to support the marginalized and to be a voice for the marginalized and and to show love. Um, and I pray that the church would just, in Japan, would respond to that. And whether that be um, creating a like a place where like kids can come um, play and the parents can get a little bit of a break or encouraging um, more uh, ministries like Kodomo Shokudo, um, which is like children's cafeteria, um, for like lower income families. Um, I just pray that, and for so many countless ideas that people haven't come up with yet, but they will um, under your direction. Um, yeah, I just pray that we would be able to show your love um, to the least of these in Japan um, and that they would receive that love um, and just truly understand like how much you care for them and how much you've been caring for them um yeah lord we lift this all up to you um knowing and trusting that you have good plans for japan um for the the 99 percent in japan um who don't know you uh, for the families who are tired and weary and need a place to rate and to lay their head Uh, yeah god just thank you so much for your heart Um, thank you for evangeline's heart Uh, and just yeah i pray that you would use this time uh, in whatever way you will Um, and i pray that hmm, you would just continue to bless this podcast that evangeline is doing Yeah, thank you so much. We love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. That was so beautiful, Hannah. I'm so encouraged by your prayers. And I love what God is doing through you and in you and also in Japan. It's just so beautiful Mm -hmm. to be able to see from from this side of the world. So thank you so much for joining (laughs) me today. Thank you. Yeah, before I I asked this question to everyone before I end the episode. So, what is something that is from Japan or Japanese that you can't 
you absolutely cannot live without. So it, it can be like, like a like food or Daiso or like a phrase or anything. Ooh, good question. I would say seasonal goods. <laughs> Japan is serious about their seasons.、Um, and yeah, each season brings like a new like vegetable or fruit or dessert that you get to enjoy. For example,、uh, in fall, we get to enjoy like sweet potato dishes and、um, like kudi, like chestnut dishes. And I just love that. It's so fun.、Um, oh, in Texas, so fun. there are no seasons. So <laughs> I like enjoying、um, and experiencing <laughs>、um, the seasons, all four. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Evangeline. I'm so looking forward to meeting you、um, in real life sometime. Hopefully soon. Hopefully in Japan. Hopefully soon. Hopefully soon. <laughs> Yeah. Well, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in for this episode. Yeah. The purpose of this podcast is to showcase how much God loves Japan through people.、Mm-hmm. And if you want to share about your experience with us or be on an episode, feel free to email me at carepackagetojapan at gmail.com. And we would definitely love to have you as well on the podcast. So, yeah, that's it for today, everyone. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. <laughs>